right, everybody, welcome back to the JV team. My name is Carter Vaughn here along with Matthew Morrison and Jackson Ryan. Today we have a jam-packed show. We have the NFL draft, college spring games, and most importantly, minor league baseball back. Haven't heard those words in a while. Um, Jackson, go ahead and let's jump right into it. It's good to have a minor league baseball back. Yeah, so we've had all side games. The Astros and Rangers have been playing these past two days, uh, finishing up all side games. The minor league season will be starting on Thursday, May 6th, as Oklahoma City comes in, affiliated with the Los Angeles Dodgers, come in the face of the Round Rock Express. We are now back with the Texas Rangers. So it's been good to have games here, and I can't wait to get the season started. Every game, every series is going to be six games this year. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super pumped about having you know being able to go out to Round Rock and see the Express play, and I think it's also going to be great to see them back with the Rangers. You know, it was when I was growing up, that's who they were with, and that's who I was used to seeing them being affiliate of. And I think it's going to be I'm I'm super excited to see where things are headed out there in Round Rock with the Dell. And it's so important to have minor league baseball. Minor league baseball is what develops players. It's how it builds relationships with these guys to lead them up to the big leagues because you can't have the big leagues without having minor league baseball. Every other affiliated baseball has been playing, you know, between college baseball, high school baseball, you know, and major league baseball. The only one that hasn't been is minor league baseball. So actually tomorrow, low A, low A high A, We'll be starting up on uh, tomorrow, and then on the 6th, it'll be double-A and triple-A. So looking forward to having games. We're going to have fireworks on the first two nights up here in Round Rock on Thursday and Friday. And so it's just nice to have baseball back in Round Rock, Texas, and it for it to be triple-A baseball. Are the are the Express going to be at 100% to start the I year? do not know. So I think it's, it's up to MLB. So whatever MLB decides is the threshold will be the threshold here. Tonight we have socially distanced, not very many people in with the last all-side game. So past the dugouts have been shut off. We will have teams coming in. So it'll be good to have more fans and more people in the stadium. I know people, the people I've talked to here are excited. They can't wait to get back to action. So I expect it to be a lot more people than we have tonight. Tell us about uh, how you're going to be in the, in San Antonio this summer. Uh, with the the missions organization in the uh, in the intercollegiate league. Yeah, so I will be back in the Texas Collegiate League this time in San Antonio with the Flying Chonquas de San Antonio. Last year we had the Round Rock Carrymen here, which was all D1 guys, mostly at Big 12 SEC schools, um, so lower level conferences as well. And so I will be doing home games in San Antonio as one of their coaches, one of the four under John McLaren. John McLaren was a former manager of Team China. He's been with the Seattle Mariners with Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, and a couple other places, Washington Nationals he managed. So I will be under his staff for the TCL this summer, and I can't wait to get to San Antonio. Our first game is May 28th, and then we go all the way through August 1st. So I will be at all the home games in San Antonio. So if y'all are looking to come out to a game and see D1 athletes, then come on down to Nelson Wilson, San Antonio. Absolutely. Jackson, tell us a little bit about how the uh, TCL Summer League really develops those D1 guys and helps them, you know, in the offseason. Well, there's just another place to play. Most people go up north where the better leagues are, the Cape Cod League, for instance. But, you know, the TCL gives kids in Texas and around the area an opportunity to play. You always want to continue to play collegiate baseball because 
it only helps you grow and get better in the game. If you don't play summer baseball, you're not getting yourself better. And, you know, last year we had so many guys that were really, really good that were at high level D1 schools. And so I look forward to getting back and being with the double A of the San Diego Padres and being at a minor league facility can only help bring in people. I know us being from UMHB, we had a couple guys that were on other TCL teams or yeah, TCL teams. How does that, you think, help those D3 guys or D3-2 guys or D2 guys, you know, how does that help their career? No, it helps the time. It allows them to get inning in, get at bats in. And so they're going to be facing, you know, whether it's D2, you'll have Angelo State. We had a couple guys last year from Angelo State that were really good. Um, that could be a D1. We had a guy from Charleston State. So, you know, you're going to have really good talent here. And it's all about development and having fun. The game of baseball is about having fun, like Tim Kirchin talked about today. It's about having fun and developing guys. And so we want to make sure that they continue to play the game the right way to teach them how to play the game, but also that they have fun and enjoy it because you're not going to be able to play the game forever. And at, once you hang it up, you want to be able to say, this is the best experience I had on the baseball field. Jackson, <clears throat> kind of explain how it's different, how the summer league differs from a normal college season. Like I know the Round Rock Express play or the Harrymen played at Dell Diamond. Are, are teams playing at minor league stadiums, all of them? Or are they playing at college stadiums? How does that work? So the Amarillo side poodles are going to have one team in Amarillo. There's going to be two teams in Louisiana. There'll be one in Bryan College Station, which which has mostly Texas A&M guys on it. So, you know, there's only going to be two minor league stadiums this year. But to be able to play at a minor league ballpark is really cool and really a great experience for these guys because some guys won't play past college. And, you know, for them to be able to say, oh, I got to play collegiate baseball, at a minor league facility is really cool. So we talked about minor league and the summer league. Tell us a little bit like what's going on in the majors right now. It's been a wild month of April. Yeah, everybody's about 500. Nobody's really separated themselves. We had a couple of fights, our benches clearing with the Cincinnati Reds and Chicago Cubs the other day. We had one with the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets, but everybody's been around 500. The pitching hasn't been too good this year. Offenses have been better, but not great. And so I don't know if we're going to have two great teams this year. There's going to be a lot of teams competing, and I won't be surprised if it comes down to the last couple months of the season. Who are your favorites right now? I like the Dodgers, the Padres, even though the Dodgers have lost a couple games in a row. I like the Padres. I like the Yankees, even though they've been struggling. I, I like Oakland. They're, they've got a good team. Uh, in the Central, I like the Royals so far. I like the White Sox. The White Sox just lost to Luis Robert, and they uh, have lost Eloy Jimenez earlier this year. So those are two guys that are, you know, going to be out for a while. Um, we've had some more other injuries. Dustin May is having Tommy John surgery for the Los Angeles Dodgers that just came out today. Trevor Story got hit on the hand. Luckily, didn't have too much damage to it because he's going to be a piece that gets traded at the trade deadline. So. You know, there's been a lot of interesting things happening in April, but the biggest thing is that everybody's about 500 and you just want to start to separate yourself in the month of May. For instance, the Royals and White Sox play each other seven times, so that's going to really decide that division early on. All right, kind of switching gears. Let's go, let's hop over to the crew sports news. Matt, what do you got for us? Yeah, it's uh, been a pretty interesting week since our last podcast dropped. UMHB uh, softball clinched 
the West, so they'll get that important first round bye that I was talking about in the conference tournament. And so they won't have to play until Friday. That's a big help for their pitching. That's the one thing that really concerns me about UMHB softball is they've got Bailey Grogan, but after that their pitching kind of drops off. Now that's not as big of a deal in softball because a pitcher can pitch more often, you know, and days in a row, and it's not as big of a factor as it is in baseball. Baseball, UMHB baseball, is going to be the number five seed in the tournament. They'll play Concordia in the first round. Really exciting time for UMHB baseball just because they're in the conference tournament for the first time, and I can't remember how long. It's been a long time, and it's the first time that they've had a winning record since I've been on campus, and we've talked about that before. It, that's a double elimination, but they need to beat Concordia to really have any chance because UT Dallas can really hit the ball, and they're the number one seed, so that'll be huge. Yeah, UMHB golf, one conference. That is big. They get to move on to the national championship tournament. UMHB women just missed the national tournament, but they did have the ind an individual move on in Cindy McConnell because she won the ASC championship. And so that, that was good. Good to see her move on. Obviously, we would have liked to see uh, the whole team move on on the women's side, but just didn't happen. But at least they have one, uh, one individual moving on. Uh, it's been a really productive year for the Crusaders. I saw on social media, and it's true, you don't realize how you don't realize it until you're reminded. But UMHB won conference in volleyball, won conference in football, won conference in women's basketball, won the West in men's basketball, stubbed their toe in the in the tournament. But they're looking up. They're gonna. I'm really excited about next year with Josiah Johnson coming back, Byrell Carter coming back, Ty Prince coming back. Uh, Carson Hammond coming back. It's They are going to be really, really good for years to come, and I hope we can get Coach Carroll on here in a few shows to really talk about the program and where it's headed. Obviously, UMHB baseball, UMHB softball has a chance to win conference. Obviously, that's going to be determined this week. Uh, UMHB men's golf won. They had an individual win in the, on the women's side, as I just mentioned. So it has been a very, very productive year in crew country, and I think – this is a great way, a great way to send the athletic director, Coach Mann, out. Obviously, he's retiring or semi-retiring, taking a step back and giving way to uh, Co Dr. Kerr, who's going to be the new athletic director. But it's been a really, really exciting year and a, and a good year in crew country, especially with the way last year ended last spring and, and when sports kind of took a hiatus there for a minute. Well, Matt, that's awesome. Always good to see crew doing well. Let's hop over to the NFL draft. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the 49ers are my big surprise, and they really pulled one over on me. You know, the last podcast I was talking about how it looked like it was a sure thing that they were going to take Mac, jo Mac Jones, and they were. I was telling everybody that they, they moved up and just because they were so high on him, and then they take Trey Lance. So they really pulled one over on me. I thought that was – surprising, but I can see Trey Lance being very successful. Obviously, we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going to go to the Jaguars. I think Justin Fields is going to have a very, very good year. I think you could see have the most immediate success. Um, one thing I did talk about and that I'm really excited about now is that they proved me right, and the Bengals took Jamar Chase, and so he's teaming up with his old uh, college quarterback and Joe Burrow. We obviously know how electric they can be. 
because of that 2019 run. We have a lot of wide receivers that are going to be uh, teaming up with their respective college quarterbacks. Jalen Waddle is going to Miami, and he's obviously with Tua out there in, in the Dolphins organization. That's going to be exciting to watch. And it's, it, it, we saw a number of, of teams take wide receivers that are going to be now teaming up with their respective college quarterbacks. So that's going to be kind of cool to see. Um, Matt Jones going to the Patriots. I think that could be a, a very good pick for Bill Belichick and that organization. And another uh, team that, obviously I know I'm biased, but another team that I think kind of got a steal is the Indianapolis Colts. They got Sam Ellinger in the sixth round. That is obviously not all that early. It's late in the draft, so they're not going to have to pay him just a ton. You Sixth round and later you usually don't see the high contracts and the high signing bonuses. So I think he could, they're going to get him for pretty cheap, and I think he might get some playing time this season. Now, obviously I don't know what their situation is behind Carson Wentz, but, you know, the way Carson Wentz has played the last couple of years, now I know he's not had a whole lot of playmakers or just the best line at his disposal, but, he, you know, he's been iffy. And so I think taking Sam Ellinger was a, a very smart move on the uh, for the Colts and their organization. And I think Sam Ellinger, you know, at the, at the very least, I know he can be a reliable backup, and we'll see if he gets any starting time and see if he can prove himself in the preseason. All right, Jackson, the Cowboys kind of shocked everyone and drafted Micah Parsons. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, linebacker out of Penn State. I know they were wanting to get Sertan cornerback because they really needed defense, um, and they let uh, Van Der Esch go also. So, you know, I was surprised they didn't get Sertan. I thought that's the route they were going to go, but Denver snagged him right before with the cornerback. So the Cowboys did a defensive pick and getting linebacker Michael Parsons. And it's a good pick for them because they need defense. Obviously, they have a bunch of offensive power having Dak Prescott come back and all their other guys that they have. So Michael Parsons will help that defense. So Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are having a little tiff right now. Matt, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was another thing that's not aging well that I said on the last podcast that Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere and that this was all media speculation. Came out earlier this week that Aaron Rodgers is serious and he is not happy with the front office there in Green Bay. And that's really surprising. I know, obviously, disappointing end to last year, but when you look back at it, losing to Tom Brady, winner, I mean, there's no shame in that. I know that they were the favorite in that game in the NFC Championship, but they had a great season. They've had a great last two a couple seasons, and so I'm really surprised that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled, apparently. I don't know the ins and outs of his relationship with the, the Green Bay front office, but I've heard every name from the Steelers to the Broncos on, who might, on teams that might be interested in him. Obviously, with the Broncos, they have Drew Locke, and the Steelers... I'm sure are making plans for when Big Ben decides to hang it up. But, you know, I don't know who would be interested in Aaron Rodgers. I guess, you know, Chicago, you would think maybe, but they just drafted Justin and they got Andy Dalton. So uh, who knows? I know one team. They just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback in New Orleans. Yeah, Drew Brees. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's very – 
But, you know, I've not heard anything about New Orleans, which is surprising. I, I don't know. You would think that that would be the name that the team that just pops right up and is just like, yes, that's that's it's match made in heaven. But they've not really been in the conversation. I don't know. It might be Aaron Rodgers just bargaining for more money. Who knows? But it's it's now a story that's not just media speculation, apparently. Kind of sticking on the football topic. A lot of schools had their spring game. Can you uh, can you explain the, the concept of a spring game and how that kind of helps universities do things? Yeah, I think you. Uh, I think universities use spring. All universities now D three and the lower levels are a little different, but D one they use the spring to implement their system, and they use that's basically when teams will go through the fundamentals because when they return in the fall, they've got a week. To, and it's time to prepare for game one. It's no, there's no time to be, you know, teaching fundamentals or implementing a system. When they, when you come back in the fall, it's time to go, and you're preparing to win a game week one. So the spring, I think, is used to mainly implement some new changes. You know, in the case of like Texas, who's got a new coaching staff, they're learning the whole playbook and getting acquainted with the new coaches. That's what the spring is used for, and that's why. Uh, spring games are usually pretty vanilla in terms of, you know, teams showing stuff. I mean, they usually just have their basic packages, and they're not really showing a ton. But it's a way to get fans excited, and, you know, they get uh, get a little taste of what's to come along, you know, in the upcoming season, in the fall. And I think, especially here in Texas, we'll take football anytime we can get it. And so, you know, there's... You know, we we have a hard time waiting for the fall for football to start, and I think that. But the spring ball, I think, from a coaching and player aspect, is mainly used to develop players, especially freshmen who enroll early from high school, and they usually that's what it's used for to implement systems and uh, you know learn the basics of and of what you're wanting to accomplish this fall. And you know, I think also it's used for position battles because. You know, you, uh, Texas, I mentioned their quarterback in in the last segment talking about the draft. They've lost Sam Ellinger. Ellinger was their four-year starter. So they've got a pretty heated battle going on right now with between Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. Hudson Card coming from Lake Travis. He's been in the program for about a year. And Casey Thompson has been in the program for about three years. They're battling it out. I think Casey Thompson will start that uh and to start week one, but if he has a rough couple series against the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, I think you could very well see Hudson Card step in. And then obviously, and that uh, Texas is just one of the many teams that had their spring games. Clemson and uh, DJ Ungale is a uh, you know he's obviously replacing Trevor Lawrence, and we saw him play against Notre Dame and. And Boston College last year, and I don't think Clemson's going to miss a miss a beat uh, with him taking over. He is really, really good. Really excited to see him out there in Clemson, South Carolina. A&M obviously had their spring game. They're having to replace Kellen Mond and uh, a, a few members of their offense. But I think that the Aggies will have a good season. And I know that y'all are really excited about this upcoming TCU season. I'm sure I'm anxious to see if Max Duggan can take that next step and you know get the TCU offense back to its explosive ways that we saw back in the Aaron Green days when we had him on the show, obviously, and the Trayvon Boykin days. So 
you know, TCU's offense has kind of been sputtering the last couple of years, so it'll be anxious to see if Duggan can kind of get them rolling. And then, obviously, the the reigning champ and the reigning dynasty, Alabama. I, I think it's kind of funny. Alabama's spring game, their offense always looks terrible. You think, oh, man, they're they're going to have to win with their defense and just – their, their offense is atrocious if you were to watch their spring game every year. And then they come out and it's their offense just looks bad because their defense is just that good. And so I think, obviously, it's if I had to bet you know my life or my house on one statement, it's that Alabama is going to be around the national uh, semifinal and college football playoff this year, and Nick Saban will have the Crimson Tide back where – we're used to seeing them. Well, boys, it was good talking with y'all. Always good to have another JV team, and uh, we'll be back next week. Sounds like a plan.